Craft Beer Radio, episode 63, on my birthday, December 21st, 2006. We do a special birthday edition of Craft Beer Radio, the show for craft beer and the craft brewing industry. I'm Greg Weiss, and with me is the birthday boy. Jeff Fair. I am 30 years old today. Oh, I'm such an old man. And uh, all these beers are made especially for me, right? Exactly. Yes, they had uh, that written on the bottle, just for Jeff. We're doing Christmas shows this week, Christmas beers this week, because it's, you know, Christmas time soon. Yeah, they're not all Christmas. I guess one's winter. Christmas, three are winter, so. All right. Uh, let's non. We'll do a non-denominational yes. uh, beer show. Happy holiday beers! All right, let's go over a couple pieces of business. Uh, welcome to all our new listeners. We've gotten a couple of listeners from the Draft Magazine ad, so that's pretty cool. That people are finding us in yep. there. Um, so welcome, and uh, we hope you like the show. And we're still planning on going to the Great American Beer Festival, and we're still trying trying to raise funds for that. So if anyone would like to help out, you can find some donation links on our website. Promise we'll do some awesome shows for the Great American Beer Festival. I actually had uh, Scott from East End Brewing Company ask me if I wanted to go to the Craft Brewers Conference in uh, San Antonio in the spring. And I'm like, "Uh, doesn't look like I'm getting enough money to to do that. So. We'll see. Uh, if you, we're also trying out the new show format, the Seabar Blind Taste. We haven't got much interest in that, so I think I'm going to change it up a little bit. Okay. I, I met a listener who lives in Wexford, right down the street from where we do the show, and he's willing to help. So I think I'm going to have him steward the show. We're just going to pick some beers, and maybe we'll give him some CBR money to pick the beers or something like that. Okay. And uh, I think we're going to go that way. We're trying to do another Boldy Brew experiment. We're, gonna, we're itching to do one. We're not quite sure how we're going to do it. Uh, but it's time to get the wheels rolling. So um, expect to hear something after the new year. I'm yeah. so busy right now. I can't even think about trying to hammer out the details on the, the multi brew. Well, let's talk about this once we start a beer because I have an idea. Okay. Um, Draft magazine. We uh, doing this cross promotion Draft magazine. We talked last week about it. I wasn't really prepared today about talking about another article, but they still don't have the CBR discount subscription ready. So email them and tell them you that you want their discounted craft beer radio. Subscription. Yes. Show them interest so they can get on the ball and show them that working with us is really worthwhile. All right. Draft Magazine, draftmag.com. And like I said, we really like the magazine. And not just because they gave us a free ad. And okay, it's it's time to start a beer. This is the, I can't even see it, the Bridgeport Ebenezer Ale. Yeah, this is a, a Christmas beer. Bridgeport's in Portland, I think. It's somewhere in Oregon, if it's not Portland. Yeah, it's Portland. All right, so we're drinking out of Snifters this week, just because we can. Well, they're Christmas beers. They're spicy. You know, yeah. and it's a special day. It's not every day. Every day you get to turn 30 years and old. And temperature-wise, these have been in Jeff's cellar for the most of the time, right before the, we did the pre-show. We put, put them in the, the fridge, fridge for about 20 bit. minutes. Yeah. Okay, Gary sent us this beer, so thank you, Gary. Well, it pours a, a dark um, kind of nut color, um, amber yeah, nuttish. Brown ale type color. Um, you can almost see through it. Has a pillowy, uh, that finger, finger and a half head. Nice, uh, big maintaining head in there. It's kind of a bready, a uh, little bit of a spicy aroma to it. 
Maybe this isn't the beer I was thinking of. I thought this was the crazy nutmeg beer last year. From last year. There's no nutmeg that I'm picking up. No. No. Alright, this is an interesting one to, to, to try to figure out. Right. Um, almost woody in some of his flavor. Uh, getting kind of right down the middle. Getting a little bit of spiciness and bitterness. That spiciness it kind of is cinnamonish, a little bit of cinnamon. Yeah, maybe, I was gonna uh, say like not really what you think of when you think of like powdered cinnamon, yeah. but like stick cinnamon, almost yeah. like that, like the bark, you know, cinnamon bark type thing. I'm getting some of that in the aroma now. A little bit of alcohol warming to go with that, kind of around the sides. Also with the spiciness in the center, a little clove, I think. A little, is it cinnamon? There's a little something, a little spice in the aroma picking up. It's coming across as a sweetish, sweet-ish type aroma, but I'm not sure if it's cinnamon. Maybe it's like reminiscent of the vanilla we had in the pre-show. I'm trying to think of because it, 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 it's yeah, maybe it's you getting vanilla at all in the aroma? Maybe a little bit. Yeah, I think you're. It's right. a lot more subtle than what the beer we had pre-show, but. Interesting. It's almost like it's lighter than you sort of expect it to be. You have the the, the the strength with the spice coming down the middle, but then around the sides of your mouth is a little bit lighter. Yeah, yeah. The mouthfeel is pretty. Is it really a mouthfeel? I guess it's part of the mouthfeel. It comes across as lighter. You expect this to be a, a spice, chewy beer, and it, it's not watery by any means mm-hmm. of the imagination, but it is not chewy. Yeah, so, and so it's lighter than I expected. It's certainly not syrupy or anything. It's um. You know, relatively drinkable, as drinkable as a spicy, spiced up beer can really be. Actually, I like the aroma better than the flavor. Flavor, I mean, it's not. There's just nothing exciting me in the the flavor, really. It's okay. It's, it's not. Yeah, I mean, it's not. Um, Maybe uh, there, I can give or take parts of it. You know, there's some of it that I like. Some of it that's like I think okay, a little bit much. Mm-hmm. I think some of the spicing is a little overboard. Okay. Uh, and it, it gets a little bit too much kind of – there's kind of almost an acidic bit of it that's sort of hitting me right in the back of my tongue. Okay. And that's just – it's a little – it's going off a little bit from, from what I kind of want out of the beer. Okay. Anything you would pair this with? I'm thinking like gingerbread cookies. <laughs> gingerbread cookies could work. Um, maybe that is ginger or some of that spice that we're tasting. Yeah, I was wondering that too. It's not really coming across as ginger, though. Yeah. What else would this... I mean, this would probably go out well with a banana bread. Oh, okay. Maybe I'm thinking... Fruitcake? Hmm. Fruitcake? I'm, I'm thinking some kind of squash might actually go well. Maybe. Huh. Because you, you know, you like uh, like um, the squash I made for Thanksgiving had some nutmeg in it and some of that other yeah, spice. So you're, you're sort of pairing spice with spice yeah. and, and yeah. leaving the... So the squash is probably yeah. just the vehicle for the nutmeg yeah. in that case. Yeah, you could be right. I mean, like, I don't think this would go well with... And pancakes. These will definitely go with pancakes. <laughs> well, everything goes well with pancakes. Everything goes with pancakes. So we got some emails. We got not a lot of emails. We got some emails. I forgot all about all the the stuff we got to get through here. 
Stuart emailed us and said, in our last podcast, uh, we wanted to know how you found our website, how anybody who's listening found our website. He says it was a Google search for beer and podcast. I think we're number one on that. So Awesome. So, yeah, there you go. All right. Thanks, Stuart. <laughs> Thank you very much. We, yeah, we had a couple listeners say that they found us on the Draft Magazine ad. Not as many as I hoped. So if you did find us on the Draft Magazine ad and you were a little quiet last week, write in. Let me hear because it would just be cool to see if people are actually, you know, paid attention to the ad that I created. Mm. Andy wrote in, he said, or he posted apparently. Posted? Yeah. Okay. Has anybody other than Jeffrey Gregg had the, the Lagunitas Cappuccino Stout this year? I had it last year and the year before, both bottles and on both in bottles and on tap. It may have been hoppier than a lot of stouts, but was nothing like the hop levels that <laughs> Jeff and Greg described. I got City Rose coffee up front, but not particularly strong hop flavors. Is this year's badges different, or were they just being hop repressed eastern being their hop repressed eastern selves that's what i was gonna say maybe you know we just don't have the right hop threshold i i think it was more along the lines of it wasn't that that we were saying it's an overly hoppy beer it was that it was way hoppy compared to what we expected from the style stout that smells like an ipa yeah that beer smelled like an ipa now is it a crazy over hopped beer that you know all you taste is hops? No. And like we said, we could detect the uh coffee, we could detect all the things we were, we were trying you know they were trying to put in there, but at the same time, it was very different from all the other beers we had. Extremely different. Significantly, that hop presence was not there in any of the other beers, and it was not what we were expecting at all. And that's kind of what we were trying to express. Right. And I can't spell cappuccino. No. You have you have a tough time with your spelling. Yeah. I, I... I failed elementary school twice. <laughs> well, you're you're only thirty now. You can go back and do elementary school, and I think you'll be able to ace it this time. Who needs spelling? They understood what I meant, <laughs> right? That's the point. Communication, getting yes. your point across. They That's understood. right. It's it's all about you know it's mediocrity. It's, you know it's it's it's, it's okay. <laughs> Tom, we're doing a podcast for free. It's all about mediocrity. <laughs> So anything new to say about the Ebenezer? I don't know. I'm kind of warming up to it. I mean, it's just it's a good drinker. I think, it, I but think it's drinker. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a good drinker. You know, that won't. You know, it might actually help if it were a bit colder. To be honest, I mean, I think this is one of those ones that's that maybe. Mm, I don't know if colder would help, but I mean, because I'm I. I'm just starting to like the flavors in this beer. When I said at the beginning before, the mm. smell was engaging me, but the flavors weren't. Now that it, like the last three sips. Flavors are starting to engage me more. There was a little bit more malt coming through to me. Maybe I was kind of getting numb to other, you know, the carbonation or what. Maybe the carbonation worked itself out. That could be it. Or maybe I'm getting the vanilla off my tongue from the the Michelob from the pre-show. Um, but yeah, it's starting to it started to engage me before it was gone there. So pretty cool. <laughs> Nick Martello wrote in. He's a he's a longtime listener from Southern California. I'm listening to the Coffee Beer Show, and you were talking about the Santa's Butt beer mm-hmm. being too edgy for supermarket shelves. When I was at a local Vons supermarket, like Safeway, last night in Southern California, I came across a Flying Dog Six Pack, and the packaging says, Good beer, no shit. Must have been good, must be good marketing because it caught my attention, and I bought it. Here's a testament to rising popularity of good beer of Von Carey's Chimay Blue and Red. Stone, Razor 5, and Old Rasputin. 
It's great that Vaughn carries that kind of stuff. Now, I actually pointed this out to Jeff when we got a pack of uh, Flying Dog. There it was on the label, good beer, no shit. How did that get label approved? It, they must have snuck it past the TTB because you can't say shit on a beer yeah. label. So it got snuck through. That, that's crazy. I mean, there's things like... We like Flying Dog, by the way. Flying Dog makes good you know, I've, you know, I like their pale ale a lot. Okay. Their Snakebite IPA is one of my favorites. The Wheat Beer is a very good Heavy Vites. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, I, we always seem to bring up Tom Baker from Heavyweight Brewing, but his Cinderbock, you know, has the goat with the cigarette. Right. He went, he printed up a batch of Cinderbock labels, got label approval just fine. For some reason, he had to re-register the, the name, and they wouldn't approve the cigarette in the goat's mouth. <laughs> it's a smoked bock. So a, be- yeah. a goat smoking is a great label, and they wouldn't approve it because the, the goat was smoking a cigarette. It's not one of my favorite beers, to be honest with you. Right. So well, I'm just, it's a little bit too much, Cinderblock. I mean, as long as we're talking about it, I might as well talk about yeah. the beer. It's actually, I had some recently because of the variety pack you got me for my mm-hmm. surprise party, and um, I like it a lot better than I used. I had it before. Before, I was really into all kinds of different beers, and yeah, I didn't like Cinderblock at all, yeah. and um, it's good now. I mean, it, it's not my favorite smoked beer, but it, it's pretty good. I like it. I was surprised about how much I changed in my opinion from huh. then to now. I just remember all I tasted was the smoke. That was like it. Okay. No, oh, well. All right, so next beer. Dun, dun, dun. What do we got? All right, yeah, this is the Brooklyn Winter Ale. I've been kind of expanding my Brooklyn tastings, uh, you know, trying different things. Like I tried their East India Pale Ale, and I tried their Brooklyn uh, Pilsner. I okay. honestly wasn't a big fan of their Pilsner. It was a little bit too fruity for my tastes. Hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of when was the last time I had the Pilsner. I like their lager, though. Their lager is more Pilsner-esque. <laughs> is more what I expect out of okay. Pilsner. Okay, the lager's nice. Their, their IPA. Excuse East me. India Pale Ale is kind of, it really is an Eastern Pale Ale. Well, you think so? Because yeah, when I, I had it, it surprised me because I'm like, East India Pale Ale. I'm like, oh, it's an English style. And when I had it, it was really hoppy. See, it tasted very English to me, earthy. The, the kind of hoppiness I was getting out of that was earthiness. I've, and uh, maybe we should try it on the show at some point. Yeah, I've only had it twice, so I should try it again. But yeah, when I had it, I was expecting, oh, this is going to be very mellow. And uh, But it's Brooklyn, so I'm going to examine yeah. it for what it is. And when it came out like a, a West Coast IPA, to me... Uh, it just surprised me. Well, it was high hoppy, but I think it was hot with a lot of European hops, or at least it, it tasted that way to me. Because like, okay. it didn't taste like it had you know Cascade or, or Nugget or Willamette or anything like that. And it really tasted like it had Eastern Goldings, that kind of stuff. The aroma on this one is a lot of caramel. Mm-hmm. It almost thought it smelled lagery from the first sip, but it, uh, that's why I checked the bottle again. But it's a uh, Brooklyn Winter Ale. Yeah, there's a real. There's kind of a. Almost a, a lagery kind of outside, and then the inside is a sort of chocolate or, or malt heaviness. Yeah, there's, it's a really engaging aroma there. It's it's almost I was going to say portery, but it's not that roasty chocolate aroma. It's it's sweeter. Well, the caramel toasted really nice in toasted caramel maybe. Oh, it's good. It smells good. Is that what you're smelling? Like toasted yeah, absolutely. Caramel? Especially if I give it just a little bit of sniff over over the rim. It's not, not like a huge sniff, but like a little mm-hmm. over the rim. Okay. So this is a dark amber color, not quite as dark as the one before it, uh, not much of a head either. This one has a bit of a mahogany red type color to it. Or I guess cherry red, maybe? Kind of looking at this one quizzically, I'm not quite sure what to make of it yet. It, it, it The flavors are, are not easy to describe. Yeah. You're getting... Um, 
It's really dry. It is dry, very dry. There you go, that's dry. <laughs> <laughs> it's um making our jobs hard. <laughs> the first taste I had of it, I wasn't sure if I liked it. The second taste I think I can appreciate it, but I'm not quite sure how to describe those flavors. Yeah, it's that's where I'm stuck. I mean, I'm trying to figure out. Okay, I expected a sweet beer. It's dry. It smells toasted caramel, but the flavor has some of that. But it's it, it tastes the hops mostly, are coming through. Maybe it, like English hops are coming through. There might be some hoppiness in there, or maybe some continental hops. It tastes kind of again, kind of like a roasted wood. Um, I mean, woodiness is kind of what I'm getting out of both of these these beers. Is uh, Almost, almost kind of an oakiness, even though there's no oak there. And now I'm getting a little bit of alcohol. I, I, I slacked this week. I was well, actually, I, we didn't pick the beers until Greg got here, so we don't have. <laughs> here we go, six percent alcohol volume on this one. Yeah, I didn't really taste alcohol. I don't really um, think this is very high. Well, six percent is not incredibly high. Went to a, a place for lunch and uh, went to Dominico's out here in Cranberry. And they got a decent beer selection. So I ordered a beer for lunch and I got a Great Lakes Elliott Nest. I wanted a nice Vienna lager to go with yeah. my meal. And I get it and it just tastes oxidized and horrible. I look at the bottle. Best served by, best served by September 9th. <laughs> so it's not only is it three months past its best buy, but it's probably like nine months yeah, old beer. Yeah. I, I, I'm like... I told him the beer tasted stale, and the bottle shows it's three months past its serve-by date. I'll take another one of these if you can find a new bottle, or I'll have a Cellus White, which they had. So I saw them up there like looking through the bottles, trying to find. The best one they could find me, apparently, was expired five days ago. <laughs> it tasted okay. Mm. Uh, when I first started drinking it, it tasted a little bit like the first one. But then as it warmed, it, it really engaged me and it weren't great with the uh, the uh, the meal that I had. Actually, the Cellus White went better. I had a Cellus White with a spinach and feta pizza. Ah, oh, it was good. That sounds good. Um, hmm. Well, I don't know. We have to, have to sit on this one. Yeah, we're uh, trying to figure out what's up with this this Brooklyn wind trail. Meanwhile, there's a news story here. Uh, one Another news story that says, drink up for a longer life, says alcohol helps you. Uh, moderate drinking may lengthen your life, while too much may shorten it, researchers from Italy report. Their conclusion is based on pooled data from 34 large studies involving more than 1 million people and 94,000 dead guys. Um, According to the data, drinking a moderate amount of alcohol up to four drinks per day in men and two drinks per day in women reduces the risk of death from any cause by roughly 18%. Now, they don't say what four drinks means, which is kind of like, you know, okay, well, they say going over four drinks is bad, but what is four drinks? Right. Um, but, you know, al- alcohol itself seems to be helpful for the body at certain uh, Well, you know what? A drink is really defined. It's like four ounces of wine or 12 ounces of beer or something yeah. like that. So four drinks per day is what you should have. I couldn't imagine drinking four <laughs> beers a day. What what they say here at the end is very interesting because I think it really it, it almost encapsulizes our show. The message carried by scientific studies like ours is simple. Dr. D. Gant, Gantineau, 
I hope I'm saying that right. Continued. Alcohol can be respect can be a respectful guest on our table, but it is good just when it goes with a healthy lifestyle, where moderation leads us towards a consumption inspired by quality, not by quantity. That's our show. Quality, not quantity, right? There. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's learn about these styles of beers and and try as much as you can of different beers. Yes. So speaking of Brooklyn, uh, I just thought it was interesting that they're uh, expanding. They're going to be available in six more U.S. states, taking it to the Midwest and making its brews available in 18 states overall. Oh, very cool. Do they say what states they're expanding to? Uh, does it? Just uh, Ohio, Indiana, Illinois, and Alabama. Here's an interesting note. Also plans to expand to Maine, New Hampshire, and Vermont. You know how we always talk about how craft beer has grown 10 11% every year or whatever. Yeah. But uh, not, we don't talk often about how much that is of the total beer market. And this article says that 2005 craft brews comprised 3.5% of the total beer market. I knew that number. But they also say, go on to say 205.6 million barrels, which I, I didn't know what that number was. That's kind of interesting. Meanwhile, Budweiser has um, 48% of the beer market. Not for long. That keeps shrinking. It's one of my news stories here, is that domestic beer is losing its home court advantage in the U.S. It, um, it continues to lose out to what they call alternative beverages. Among that is craft beer. I put craft beer in alternative beverage? Mm-hmm. That's interesting, because that's a different statistic than I how know. it normally it, is. It's weird, because it just says that... Uh, where does it say that here? The exceptions to the rule lie in premium craft, regional, seasonal, and specialty brews, which show gains. So, I mean, when they say that this article is about domestic beer losing home court advantage, but they're just talking about Budweiser, Coors. Right. Yeah. Going back to the Brooklyn article, their first year they sold um, 1,768 cases of beer. This year it's going to be close to 800,000 cases. So that's good. Um, they have a book called uh, Beer School, which I read. And I've been trying to get Steve Hindi on on for an interview as soon as I can get my act together and do some interviews. So we're going to be talking to Steve Hindi here. The investor group is hoping to revive Iron City. Now you think, oh, what, what good is that? Well, at the very end of the story, the reconfigured company would focus on building a portfolio of brands that have been successful in the past, cutting back on contract brewing and branching into heavier craft beers. See, that's that's kind of a contradictory statement there. Brands that have been successful in the past, uh-huh. cutting down on contract brewing and depending on craft beers. Their contract brewing, their biggest contract brewer they've ever had was Samuel Adams. Uh-huh. Their popular beers in the past were crap. They've never put out a real craft beer. So it's kind of, those first two statements are kind of contradictory to actually doing craft beer. It's like they put out that icy golden lager yeah. a couple weeks ago, a month ago, a couple months ago. And uh, one of the articles I read you know, said they were doing this because of the interest in craft beers. No. The, 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 well, that, well, what that is is that's marketing saying, okay, we need a craft beer. Let's just make something that's really easy to make. And uh, and call it a craft beer, and because all people care about the name, that that's that whole '80s mentality. When when that's 
what people cared about. Right. In the 80s, when craft beer had a small kind of bump in the 80s, mm-hmm. when people were just kind of going for the, the niche of, of saying, hey, I'm drinking, a, I'm drinking a beer that's different. Right. This one is, uh, I think Lou Bryson was saying, this is real growth now. This is actually people who are interested yeah. in beer. Yeah. And so that's why the marketing is failing if you're just trying to market crap, that you know, re- reconfigured crap. But the real good stuff is actually breaking through. Right, yeah. The, I don't know if in the 80s, but in the 90s, there was the big microbrewery boom where everyone started a brewery and they all closed and there mm-hmm. was the, the artificial growth of the buzz. Right. But now it's, it's you know, organic, real growth. So, good point. Okay. Anything else to say about this Brooklyn? Um, it kind of almost tastes like the Cinderbock we were just talked about to me. It kind of tastes like it has that kind of To me, smokiness. it tasted a lot like this Ebenezer from Bridgeport. Wonder if you mix the bottles up. Yeah, I peel the labels <laughs> up and stuck them on the other ones and then change the caps. Yeah, I mean, it was really never able to really figure out how to describe the beer, the Brooklyn Winter Ale. I mean, do you have anything new to add to it? Or is it still just the bit of caramel, really dry? It's dry. Yeah, I mean, it, it's got, like you said, it, a, a woody taste to it. I mean, woody is the best way I can describe it. Uh, woody, a little bit smoked taste to it, even mm-hmm. though it's not smoked. You know, this might go with some kind of beef dish or something like that. Um, maybe I a can steak. See it. I can see it working with a, with a ghee roll. Okay. Again, by itself, not super exciting. Yeah. But it'd be a great accompaniment for some food, I think. Absolutely. Next. By the way, anybody did uh, give us those beers? Um, yes. Jamie? Sent us to Brooklyn, and Gary sent us the Bridgeport. Oh, cool. And this was also sent by Jamie. And Gary. And wow. <laughs> they, they both sent us the awesome. uh, snowcap from Pyramid Brewing Company. Snowcap Season Whale. I like the label on this one a lot. It has green pyramids with snowcaps on them. A little, uh, and then some Christmas trees in front. It's, uh, it's a nice label. Yeah, they uh, they usually keep the same pyramid scheme and like dress it differently for their different seasonal labels. It's, it's a nice... Uh, Nice packaging. This one's pouring really like a dark brown. And uh, the head's even a little bit... Um, with ruby highlights. Brown colored. So it's pouring with a darker head than, you know, like a brown ale would. Well, it smells kind of brown ale-ish. It, kind of, it has a little bit of maltiness there. It smells hoppy. Or alcoholy. And see, maybe the next sniff will be something different. Or brownie. <laughs> My nose is kind of stuffed up, I guess. I still think I'm getting some hops out of there. I mean, I'm getting some. I can definitely detect the alcohol. Okay. The chewiest and darkest beer of the night. Yeah. Almost kind of a licorice flavor to it, it seems. Um, it's First thing I thought is, it's surprising me how... This, I mean, this beer is different. It's thicker, but it has the same basic profile as the other two beers yeah. that we had too. I, they're going, you know, this sort of center mass of spice surrounded by kind of a uh, the, the the I don't know how exactly to describe this, but kind of the more aqueous qualities. The aqueous qualities are kind of sifting sure. along the sides. That's a good way to aqueous qualities. Yes, it's a good way to describe the mouthfeel. It's a it's a this is a wet mouthfeel, but not watery. Mm-hmm. You gotta be careful when you say wet because watery's bad, but yeah. wet's good. 
Um, this is interesting because I'm tasting a lot of hops in this one. It's kind of the hops yes. and the spice playing together. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of bitterness uh, coming in the back of the tongue. and um, Not just bitterness, but also some hop flavor playing around with whatever spicing's in here. I'm not detecting the hop flavor so much, a little bit. Um, certainly more than the other two. Uh, but I'm getting a lot of bitterness from it. A lot more, a significant amount of bitterness. Right, yep. That's interesting. It's um, I'm getting some alcohol evaporation up in my sinuses. Does this have an alcohol percentage on it? Seven percent. So I guess that's about the point where you start really, you know, noticing it. It's oh, this is classified as a full-bodied winter warmer. You know, winter warmers is a style which I think a lot of these beers fit in, which we really haven't talked much about. Well, now, winters are also known as old ales, right? Yeah, yeah. On the BGCP, the winter warmers fall under the old ale category. They talk about these beers as the the aroma, uh, lots of esters. So we're getting a lot of ale character out of mm-hmm. these beers. A complex blend of dried fruit, vinous, caramel, molasses, nutty, toffee, and what's that word? Trias- treacle? Treacle. I don't know what treacle tastes like, but... Well, I can definitely taste molasses in this one. Yeah, yeah. When we were looking at that, the, the prompt of molasses really brought that to the front of our mm-hmm. minds with tasting this beer. They go on to say that old ales fill the spot between brown ales, strong milds, and barley wines. Right. So you got that same, lots of caramel flavor. It's just that space in between. Yeah, I can see And that. with this style, oxidation is acceptable. And sometimes even preferred. These beers are all kind of young, so we haven't got much oxidation out of it. This kind of oxidation tends not to taste like cardboard. It tends more, to kind of more have more brandyish or port or, cherry, yeah. those kind of uh, flavors. So a lot of cherry type flavors in there, as opposed to cardboard. You should go taste some cardboard. Cardboard is, is not the best flavor in the world. <laughs> I've had better stuff than cardboard. It's funny as most people know what cardboard tastes like. Yeah. You wonder how that's possible. Well, I guess people have been around wet cardboard and they know that smell and they can kind of... But I know exactly what it tastes like. What have you tasted cardboard? I, I don't remember the time, but I know I've had cardboard in my mouth. But it's a it's a good experience for doing the show. There you go. <laughs> I'm going to have to find some Greg some cardboard. Just like you should taste some sewer drain to know what that tastes like, too. Dude, well, that's, that's a little too gross. <laughs> Alaskan Brewing Company celebrates their 20th bottling anniversary. Mm-hmm. This is interesting because for a limited time, if you pick up a case of their 20th anniversary brews, there's a special memento inside. Wow. I don't know what that is. I'm guessing a keychain. Or a smoked porter from like 20 years ago. I doubt they you do that. Yeah. Too bad. And our final news story is uh, American craft beer is going to be exported to mainland China. Wow, that's interesting. The assortment of award-winning American craft beers from Rogue Ales, Brooklyn Brewery, and North Coast Brewing have been shipped on a container from Seattle in mid-December to Shanghai. Hmm. Interesting. Is there anything other... Uh, so they send us all the little tchotchkes and we send them our good beer. That's not fair. <laughs> Keep in mind that you know half the stuff we have is made in China. Right. So might as well give us some good beer as a compensation. I guess instead of that formaldehyde soaked beer that they have. Yeah. 
you want to move on to what beer am I? I don't know. What beer are you? What beer am I? Well, we kind of got to go over the clues from last week so people can play along and have more excitement into the game. Clues from episode 62, I think, where I am an imperial red ale. My brewery's mascot is a reptile. My brother is a stout who likes coffee with his oatmeal. And the, way, and the answer is... Big Hoppy Monster from Terrapin Brewing in Athens, Georgia. Got a bunch of correct answers here. We have TJ Carr, DP from Georgia. Justin Dunlap from Quincy, Massachusetts. Brian Greenwood from Portland, Oregon. Andy Beaton. Chris Washenberger. Benjamin Scott from Seattle. Brian Clauser from St. Louis, Missouri. Chris, I dropped my papers. Chris Norg from Evansville, Indiana. Scott Watkins from Bonaire, Georgia. Tom Schmidlin, who points out that it's supposed to be a double IPA, not an Imperial Red. So we're messed up there. And Rick from Big Foamy Head, who's his trying to stir it up with Captain Ron from... Uh, On the message board. Did you see that? He said we talk trash about the Brew Crazy. Yeah, I know. I did see that. We love Brew Crazy. Brew Crazy is fun. Okay, we got 12 winners. Yeah, it sounds like a computer a lot. Boop. Oh, no. <laughs> All right, I'm going to uh, give it a number then. What the heck? Uh, number... How many? 12? Uh, one minus. Number 11. Number You picked number 11? Okay. Oh, oh, hey. Tom Schmidlin. Nice. Okay, he's been trying for a while to get a beer or for, get a glass from East End Brewing Company, Pittsburgh's newest microbrewery, East End Brewing. Buy a good friend a good beer. He uh, is about ready to debut his winter seasonal, winter or snow melt. It's uh, I think it's a strong... Not Tom, Scott, you're saying. Scott from East I say Tom. I didn't say Tom. I said well, he. you were talking about Tom, and then you switched oh. over to... Tom Schmidlin. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Now, Tom's not releasing any beers for East End Brewing Company. Scott is releasing winter melt soon. The gratitude will be out. The bitter end, the small beer made from the uh, the second runnings of his barley wine, that's out. It's a good time to be, uh, good time to be in Pittsburgh and try some East End's beers. Awesome. Still some Ugly American available at the brewery. And he has some uh, of last year's gratitude, his one-year anniversary beer available. Oh. Price is a bit of a premium, but <laughs> really? if you want last year's gratitude. It's pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, it's really good now. Well, the one that was exposed to air was really good. I don't know whether... Yeah, the oxidation on that thing was amazing. And I got five bottles in my cellar, so... Ha-ha! Okay, so, Tom, you're going to have to write in and give us your address, or we're not sending you out of (laughs) class. Okay, so Jeff will... Jeff says he's going to try something different. Well, actually, so Scott Lasky, he uh, got some different clues. We'll see how this works out. Basically, there's two sets of clues... You need to discover both beers and figure out what the beers have in common. All right. So beer number one. I'm a Belgian-style strong gold nail. There are many emperors, devils, a king, clergy, and a dog, and a swine in my family. And, and the what, second beer. What beer am I number two? I'm a Belgian-style strong dark ale. I have 13 brothers whose names end in the same four letters as mine. And one brother who is a scholar slash historian slash naturalist slash writer whose nephew also lives with us. We have a swine, too, but he's visually impaired. So if you know, you've got to figure out what both beers are. You have to go rewind and listen to that again, I'm sure. Send us the guesses and figure out what the beers have in common. Send us to WBAI at craftbeerradio.com. And uh, if you really don't like the clues, send emails bitching Dinter yeah. and Scott about what he did. 
So, uh, Pyramid Snowcap. I'm liking it. Yeah, it's uh, probably my favorite so far of the night. It's got a dark chocolate, that's molasses flavor that we liked. In- yeah, a lot of molasses. It's um, molasses, you know, brown sugar maybe, just a touch mm-hmm. of brown sugar in there. Hoppy, I mean, it's, it's significantly hoppy for this style of beer. Yeah. Which, uh, you know, leave it to someone in you know, Seattle to do that. Oh, I went to uh, Applebee's last night. No. Wow. Yeah, Applebee's. It, I usually use that as an example when I talk about everything that's wrong with America. But I went there last night for dinner with the parents. And they have this thing on the table. 12 seasonal brews. They got some good beers on here. They got uh, Victory, Hop Devil, Prima Pills, Brooklyn. I mean, good stuff. So I go to order a beer off the list. And I'm like... Oh, we don't. We can't sell you that beer. That's just for the gift basket to go. So they wouldn't sell. That's and, ridiculous. So I'm like, okay. So what beers do you have on tap? I'm like, oh, we got the Sam Adams Winter Lager, and I'm like, anything else? And like, you know, I was some. We're some yeah. at the bar. I'm like, so I'm like, well, I guess I'll just have water then. He looked at me like, what? <laughs> you just have water? We got the Sam Adams in a bottle. I'm like, no, just water. If you're not going to sell me this Prima Pills, then I don't want your damn beer, you philistine. Oh, they have all these beers sitting on every table. There's a table tent talking about these beers, good craft beers, but they won't sell them to you unless you buy the whole gift pack. Well, that's just why you shouldn't go to Applebee's. Like, I would never, I mean, I realize this is kind of, uh, people may think this is like hoity toity, but I would, I don't find myself going to Applebee's or Olive Garden or TGI Fridays or any of those places. I mean, if I'm going to go to a restaurant, I'm going to go to a local restaurant, a yeah. place that you know, I usually, like I said, I usually, use Applebee's as my example when I talk about you know when I'm talking about chain restaurants sucking and I usually say that's everything that's wrong with America right. <laughs> alright so. I just find you're going to get better food and a better quality of stuff if you go to a place that is there you know trying to make it and is doing it kind of mom and pop style yep when I was in Boston we stopped at, on the way back to the airport we stopped at this Brazilian place and we we just happened to find this like little Brazilian like block in the middle of Boston uh-huh. Oh my god, was the food awesome? <laughs> oh man, they had um, a TV in the place, and they were playing a Brazilian soap opera in Portuguese. And people eating lunch there were watching the TV, understanding it. I mean, so it was just like, whoa! That's how you know a good place if you see a lot of ethnic people in an ethnic restaurant. You pretty, you pretty good idea that it's uh, it's good stuff. Yep. Uh, we got an email from Candy who says that uh, saw our ad in Imbibe Magazine. Congratulations. Well, thank you very much, Candy. Candy is a Berg native. And a bartender. She's a barman. I assume she. I mean, Candy. Sounds like a she. Well, I hope it's Candy. She, yeah. Uh, I, real, really, I feel really sorry for you, guy. <laughs> Living on Nantucket Island. Uh, so if you want to check out Cisco Brewers, give Candy a call. Yeah, she said uh, we could hang out with her. Sounds yeah. like a <laughs> Let's go up to Nantucket. Okay, so this is the... Alaskan Winter Ale. From Alaskan Brewing Company. In Juneau, Alaska. Alaska. Now, I'm, I should have done my research on this one. They do a beer, and it could be this one, that they spice it with a plant called Devil's Claw. It's like a cactus that grows in Alaska. Hmm. And it's like just like super spiky cactus. Like You need like steel gloves to go pick the stuff. Actually, I should have read the label. This isn't the Devil's Club here, but this is brewed with spruce tips. Okay. So it's going to be interesting. It's seasonal oil brewed with spruce tips. Now, Devil's Claw. I Devil's, guess... I'm sorry, not Devil's Claw, Devil's Club. 
Devil's Club. Now, cactuses grow normally, you see, in deserts, but the Alaskan wilderness is, is a desert of a different kind, right? Right. I mean, I don't know if it's technically in the cactus family. It's a spiky plant that's juicy, so it sounds like a cactus. Okay, so this is a, a much lighter amber than the other ones. But yeah, it smells a lot like the last one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to see if I get any... It's got almost kind of a Belgian sugary smell to it. Almost. Not quite, but close. Yeah, I'm not sure if I'm smelling any kind of piney type spruce in here. 6.4% alcohol by volume on this beer. Yeah, there's a little bit of something in like the mid to late taste that comes in a little bit, slides in there on the yeah. side. And wow. Here's some pine tree. Have some spruce. Pine tree along with kind of a, a floral. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, the late, late taste. Yeah. That, something just fell on my tongue that's, mm, it's a floral thing, yeah. But like when you were saying that, it's, it's something sweet. just like settled on my tongue. Yeah, it's and just boom. There's some new flavor, even though the beer's been gone for 15 seconds. It's kind of sweet and candy-like. Um, ooh, that's that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Frank sent us this beer as well, so thank you very much, Gary. Man, that's so cool. He has two first names. <laughs> wow. Yeah. What is that? That that late taste? It's, it. That is Christmas right there. Yeah, it's crazy. There's an aftertaste, mm-hmm. and then there's a late taste. It comes in, and you think you're done, and boom! Here, have some more sweetness and some minty and some... Not really minty, but... Yeah, floral and, and, and sweet, like a like a strawberry almost. Strawberry? I don't know if I'd go all the way to strawberry. Like a strawberry candy. Yeah, I guess, you know, regular strawberries have that... that Acidity to it, mm-hmm. and if you, you know, there's certainly no acidity in here. So if you take that out, I guess I can see where you're getting the, the sweet. I guess like the pure strawberry flavor without all the citric acid. Right. I think we have a winner. <laughs> sure do. Let's see, do we have any other important emails to go through, or should we get to the ranking? DP and GA writes to us, hey, Greg and Jeff, of course, I got a Japanese beer question for you. We pretty much have the sake market nailed. One of the few sake sommeliers outside Japan works for us. He says, no, where's us? DP works for a uh, beer distribution company or something like that in Georgia. So now we're getting into Japanese craft beer to flesh out both our Japanese import and craft beer lines. We're looking at these three breweries, Yoho, Okayama, and Sankt Galan. I think, he asked me if I've sampled any of these. I think I had some Sankt Galan. I think it was pretty good. The other ones I don't recognize. Okay. Um, I brought back the ones. There were a couple more ones that I tried, and I brought back the ones I felt were best for our show. Okay. Um, I seem to remember there were a couple that were good, but didn't quite. They weren't interesting enough. Like I love the Hitachi Nest, that sort of thing. Yeah, I love that. Sure. That rice beer rice. was crazy. That, what was the one with the American Brewer? Uh, that was. Um, uh, you did Angry Boy, right? That was. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember the brewing James, company. James, um, so the B. I, I want to say James Blunt, but that's the guy who's like, you're beautiful. <laughs> oh, there is everyone who likes the Michael Jackson quotes. They're all laughing out loud now. Speaking of that, Justin emails. Oh, yeah. Me. We missed that one. <laughs> it says, <laughs> well, you can read it now for my, my impression. Oh, there was, um, oh, yeah, well, there's two things about Michael Jackson. 
Uh, Justin wrote in. He says he laughs out loud every time that I say Michael Jackson, and Greg goes hee <laughs> So there we go. Justin just did a spit take, and on uh, more Jam sad money. news. It was just released yesterday or today that, yeah, I saw that. Michael Jackson uh, put out a statement that he has Parkinson's disease. He's been battling it for 10 years. Yep, been battling it for quite a while. So Sorry, everyone was Michael. saying that, you know, he looked drunk and, you know, really bad on the Conan O'Brien show a couple, about a year ago. Maybe, you know, you might want to retract your statements. And one other thing I wanted to say, um, Brian Greenwood, he sent us the, the Conan and the Cappuccino style. And uh, the Kona, we talked about it being our first Hawaiian beer. Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, that they are contract brewed by the Widmer Brothers in Portland, Oregon. So oh. chances are that our first Hawaiian beer came from Portland, Oregon. Oh, well. So want to get into some rankings? Try to ruin a good thing for us, huh? <laughs> yeah, we never. We <laughs> this do. is why we can't have good things. <laughs> no, the listeners will ruin them all. We appreciate the, the clarification. It's good to know. Okay, so uh, number one, I think number one for you and I are both exactly the same. It's um, a tasty beer. Number, let's see. Alaskan Winter Ale. It's like keep yeah. them in suspense, even though they are. Yeah. Know, unless they were living under a rock. The Alaskan Winter Ale, brewed with spruce tips. It just has this little zing of the spruce. And, and it, 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 oh. it really is, is the, I think it's the most um, cohesive of all the beers of the night, too, in addition to that. It, it doesn't overpower you with a lot of spice, but hits you at the end with that really interesting flavor. So I'm going to go with Alaskan for my winner. The, um, what's interesting is on the Pacific Brew News, the show I was telling you about, that came in number one. That beat 25 other beers, including Brown Sugar, Winter Solstice. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they really dug that beer. Yeah. See, if I was drinking them all blind in that tasting, I don't know if I could put this above those two. Brown sugar and winter solstice, those are, you know, yeah, that's a, glo- that's a boxing glove to the face. Yeah. And this thing seems like it'd be more subtle, but this one picked it, they picked this one out, so. Uh, number two for me is Snowcap. I'm going to go with the Pyramid one. I think that uh, that you had the molasses in it. It was yeah. kind of the best balance of, of of the major, you know, old ale kind of big spicy slash strong beers. Uh, then I'm going to go with the Ebenezer. I think that the Ebenezer was better than the Brooklyn. I think that the Brooklyn kind of – there were things about it that I didn't quite like as much as I like the Ebenezer. I think it was yeah. a little more drinkable than the Brooklyn. I'm going to switch the Ebenezer and the Brooklyn. Okay. So, but I agree. The snowcap is my number two beer. That molasses that was in there was a tasty beer, you know. And it would have been pretty close for number one if that spruce wasn't zinging in there yeah. on the Alaskan. And then I, th- I just think I liked the Brooklyn a little bit better than the Ebenezer. Just had a little bit more going on for me now. But yeah, they were. Um, I was surprised how similar all the beers were tonight. We're just picking. Okay, here's some winter yeah. beers, and they're all like the same style. They're very, very close beers. So very cool. Well, next week, who knows? It's cold. Yeah, it is cold. And, uh, you know, we got some barley wines. We have some Imperial Stouts. We have a particular Imperial Stout that's ranked number two on Beer Advocate. Russian River? No, no, no. The Dark Lord. Oh. Oh, okay. So that's going to be coming out sometime soon. Yeah. So we're going to be doing some more winter stuff next week. All right. right, See y'all. It's going to be in January. And, uh... I don't know. What's our witty takeout line here? Do do beer. Beer is good. Beer. Beer, everybody. (laughs) Cheers. Cheers.
That's all for Craft Beer Radio. You can send us feedback to beer at craftbeerradio.com and feel free to send us an audio comment in MP3. The opening and closing music was Out of Towners from the band St. Dragon and was found on the Podsafe Music Network, music.podshow.com. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Check out craftbeerradio.com for more information. Yeah. Promise me you'll never go away So I don't have to put these roads on your grave